Welcome to Response Leadership, brought to you by the Texas A&M Engineering Extension Service, a leader in response training. We are a podcast bringing you leadership expertise from the top minds in emergency response. I'm your host, Craig Weaver. I work here in marketing and communications at Teeks. And today our guest is Carolyn Zirkel. She is the Deputy Director of Lawrence Livermore National Lab and Vice President of Lawrence Livermore National Security. Carolyn, thank you for being with us today. Thanks a lot. Sure. Thanks for having me, Craig. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Lawrence Livermore is and what you do there? Sure. So Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory is a national lab within the Department of Energy Framework. And in particular, we're a national nuclear security laboratory. There are three laboratories within the NNSA. Uh, One is Lawrence Livermore, one is Sandia National Lab, and one is uh, Los Alamos National Laboratory. So our three labs are responsible for national security. We're responsible for the nuclear stockpile and making sure that we can validate and certify that nuclear stockpile through experimentation, through computer modeling, through uh, testing uh, of materials and material characterization. And in particular, uh, each of the sites have very large supercomputers, so they can do a lot of analytics and a lot of experiments through simulation and modeling. How'd you get started over there? So believe it or not, I've only been at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory for seven months, but I've worked within the DOE framework for over 31 years. I've worked at other national laboratories. And my background, um, my degrees are actually in architecture and civil engineering and with a focus on nuclear construction project management. Okay. And so probably for the first 10 years of my career, I was responsible for construction of nuclear facilities, Uh, Facility budgets, um, operations of nuclear facilities uh, that hold uh, different actinides, including plutonium, uranium, tritium type products. Mm. Uh, The next part of my career, uh, believe it or not, was focused on applying project management to business systems and IT systems across the laboratory, including cybersecurity Uh, and making sure that we followed project management principles, including scope, cost, and schedule. And then the last 10 years of my career really have been focused in addition to emergency management and continuity programs within the Department of Energy. Also combining all that and overseeing in my role now as the deputy director, safe and secure operations for about a a 9,000 person workforce here in Livermore, California. I had the uh, great opportunity to come out there a handful of years ago to do a project for Teague's amazing place. Yeah. Very unique place. Um, Yeah. Really enjoyed it. In your position as a leader, what would you say? is the biggest challenge you face? I would tell you, we have an absolutely wonderful workforce. Uh, We do scientific breakthroughs on a regular basis. We most recently had uh, ignition here at the site in December of 2022, which was a major accomplishment that was even featured on 60 Minutes. Probably the most difficult thing for us is the recruitment and Mm. retention of great employees. You know, we are in the Bay Area, We are around a lot of tech companies, um, and so there's a lot of competition for great engineers, for 
anything for lawyers, for financial mm-hmm. assistance, for physicists, for mechanics. Um, and so many of our folks, and it, and it's expensive to live in the Bay Area also. Sure. So recruiting uh, work staff to work here and retaining them. We want people to have very long careers here, especially with all the security requirements that we have mm-hmm. and all the operational requirements that we have. You know, we make an investment in our employees from a training perspective. So we really want people to have long careers here. And I would even say multi-generational careers. Mm. We want your kids to work here. We want your grandkids to work here. It's a great place to work. Have you seen that? Have you seen multi-generational? Absolutely. I Uh, will give you a great example. My daughter works at a national laboratory. My daughter is a database administrator. Um, You know, it's hard to recommend um, a workplace to your kids if you don't enjoy it yourself. My husband works at a national laboratory. So I'm lucky enough from a family perspective. And I have many family and friends uh, that have multi-generations, in some cases, even four and five generations working in a national laboratory because wow. the work is so satisfying. And, you know, having that vision and that mission to support national security for our nation is such an important thing. Well, talking about recruitment and retention, um, what do you do about that? How do you recruit and how do you keep them? It's a big job. So that's a great question. And I will tell you, it's probably not a one size fits all answer. Sure. And we are always trying to continuously improve processes and benefits for our employees. So of course, you know, salary is a big deal, right? Mm, and especially sure. for early career engineers, early career scientists, early career accountants, uh, we want to make sure that we're competitive within the industry and with the rest of the Department of Energy. So that's important. I also think it's important for us to describe and advertise our total compensation package in a better way. So, you know, not only does that include medical benefits and 401k and matching and sign-on bonuses and interesting things like that, but sometimes it's the little things so that you have a great and positive experience at the laboratory. We allow flexible work, um, you know, where appropriate, right? You can't do classified work at home. But you can certainly, if you decide that you want to work one day a week from home or if you want to work multiple days on or off site, um, our supervisors are very flexible when it comes to that. Um, We have on-site fitness centers. And most recently, we changed some of the policies regarding that. So our employees don't have to pay anything out of pocket. The lab picks up the cost for that just to make it a benefit for our employees and their well-being. Uh, We have a lot of mentorship programs. Uh, We pay for folks to go back to school. I have a great example for you, which is we had um, two folks on our custodial staff working Mm -hmm. at our national ignition facility. Uh, They were very excited and they had someone that was interested in their careers. They ended up going back to school, both getting their bachelor's degree, both getting their master's degree. And they both work as engineers (sighs) at the the national ignition facility. And they were part of the... Yeah, it was really it was part of the key uh, milestone that we had in December with Ignition. Wow. So, again, we want to care about people's careers, not mm-hmm. just their jobs, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, we've extended our parental leave policies at the laboratory, uh, not just for a mom, but also for mm-hmm. partners, sure. uh, also for adoptions. Uh, we've extended our leave policies so folks have flexibility if they have to care for an aging parent. Um, We're doing a lot of community investments. You know, we 
we we have a giving program here, sort of a community commitment program, and we provide corporate resources from LINS, L-L-N-S, to match people's donations up to $1.3 okay. million per year. Uh, we sponsor a daycare uh, that's near wow. our site. Yeah. Um, and so we're continuously trying to progress. I'll, I'll give you one example. We're working on a program. It hasn't been implemented yet. We're still working the details on it. Um, but we want to be able to allow our employees potentially to have some vac- vacation cash out. If they haven't been able to take vacation, and as you know, we work very closely with Teeks and emergency management, and we have a lot of folks that sure. are on site that aren't able to take a lot of vacations, and their vacation uh account is building up, we want to be able to allow them to cash out some of those hours uh, that belong to them. So those are just a few small examples. Uh, We have a lot of employee resource groups um, for anything from dancing to community gardens to Bible study programs um, to pride uh, type organizations. So, you know, we want to be respectful. Um, My goal is to um, have people go home safer and more secure than they came yeah. uh, and happy and and going home and and being delighted to work here and come back the next day very invigorated and you know give them that work-life balance also you always have to be continuously improving um, i recently joined the community gardens on site and those have been around for a dozen years our okay. wellness programs have been around for a dozen years but items like our daycare centers have been around for 25 years but ideas about wow. mentorship program or parental leave, those are things in the last few years, paying okay. for people's wellness and fitness center funding that was just implemented recently in the last year or so. Okay. Do you have any stories of employees of how well those things have affected them? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Again, I'll, I'll go back to this issue of recruitment and retention. You know, okay. our employees will get great job offers outside the laboratory sure. and just a few exits down the street. Right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, some of these very high profile tech companies um, and it's impressive to tell somebody you work for one of these fortune 100 companies. Absolutely. What we like to do in our exit interviews with employees is let them know that the door is always open for them right. to return. And we've noticed um, quite a bit most recently, probably in the last couple of years, that a lot of employees will leave for these what looks like a better paying job or a Mm. a more prestigious job. And they'll realize after a little while that they might be working seven days a week and they might not be able to afford a house and they might not be able to spend any time with their family because they're working so hard. And we get a high, a pretty high rate of employees knocking back on the door that says, you know what? The grass really wasn't greener out there. Would I be allowed to come back? And so I think, you know, I I will say a measurement of of a great place to work is is welcoming folks back and saying, we would love to have you back. Recently, I hired someone that had left the lab about a year and a half ago and decided to return. And it's just been outstanding. Uh, This individual has brought their outside experience with them but they also had a very deep knowledge of the laboratory and it's made them a better employee uh, and they'll definitely be a future leader at the laboratory. So wow. to me, I think those new programs are pay off uh, in ways like that. And also in ways where people are happy and, you know, they want to stay at, at uh, Lawrence Livermore. What would you say is the most rewarding thing for you personally about what you do? 
I think meeting with the people. For me, it's people yeah. first, right? Sure. Our lab director, Kim Budell, uh, knows that we need great staff and great leaders at this laboratory in order to execute the very important mission and in order to have these wonderful science and technology innovations and breakthroughs. So, so it's all about the people. You know, we sure. want to have great facilities, great lab equipment. We want to have one-of-a-kind ignition facilities and high-explosive sites and you know, super, the, we will have uh, pretty soon here the fastest supercomputer in the world wow. uh, within the next year, which is awesome. But it's all about the people. And, uh, you know, we realized that, especially during COVID, right, when we all had to work from right. home, that it was very important that our people was our number one resource. And so one of the most rewarding things for me is I get to walk around, I get to visit people's workplaces um, I get to see them in their labs. I get to see, yeah. for instance, shipping and receiving. Um, I got to visit the shipping and receiving folks. I got to visit our guard force, our protective force here at the laboratory. And just saying thank you to people, you know, it's really, really important. And I don't think enough people say thank you. It sounds so obvious, but it means so much. It does. Um, yeah. So that's really important. And also, you know, asking them if you were queen for a day, if you were king for a day, what would you change? And sometimes those responses are fairly, I, I won't say easy, but they're quickly implementable. And so right. I'll give you an example. We were at Shipping and Receiving. They have really innovated in that area with robots and with bar scanning and oh, yeah. the way that they load and unload equipment. They do it very ergonomically so people won't get hurt. Um, and we asked one of the uh, one of the shippers, you know, what would you change if you could change anything? And he was very kind. And he says, you know, we get these nice jackets that we get to wear because things are dirty and greasy, mm -hmm. but our jeans get worn out. Could we have pants? And and we were like, <laughs> of course you can have pants. We'll, we'll make sure that your uniform will include not only jackets or shirts, but also pants. And it was easy as that. And it you know, I have to tell you, it, it as a as an early career employee, it makes you feel wonderful that somebody actually listened to your recommendation and implemented it. And they implemented Absolutely. it not for you, yeah. but they implemented it for your peers and your coworkers. That's another question I had. Um, how important is it as a leader to listen? And it is a huge deal. And I'm learning <laughs> about that every day, right? That's uh, my husband reminds me about that one too. So. Uh, it, it is really important just to listen. You know, we, I think it's also important that you get back to people. You know, when we sure. ask for people's suggestions, what would you do to make the future of work here better? Um, and they give us all these great recommendations. We just can't nod and be silent about it and right. say, thank you very much. We have to respond to them. We have to, you know, let them know that, Many of their suggestions, we're in the process of implementing. Some of them may be impossible to implement. You know, we had folks that wanted sure. a 20-hour work week. I apologize to you. We probably can't implement that. As great but as it sounds, them, huh? Yeah, but some of them said, you know, could we potentially um, increase our, uh, our uh, parental leave policies? Yeah. And it was something that we looked into right away. Um, there was another suggestion that we have free food in the cafeteria. We're not able to implement that one uh, here uh, based on all the DOE rules that we have. It was a great suggestion. I was going to say, they're great ideas. They're, they are great ideas. Short work um, week, free food. Yeah. Um, but but many of them are easily implementable. So we're working on them. You know, we have yeah. a couple of um, projects at the laboratory called um, internal transformations. 
So okay. we're getting feedback from our some employees that say, you know, it, when I go on travel, when I have to go on a trip or to a conference, I have to get a form signed by six people. Do I really uh, need six people to sign right. this form? Yeah. Can I just have one person or two people? And so we're trying to streamline all the bureaucracy uh, that is, uh, you know, around us and amongst us to make uh, it easier for our employees so they can spend more of their day on discovery and science and mission execution. Yeah. It sounds like um, a lot of the programs you've discussed that exist there have been from listening. Yes. So I yeah. will tell you, um, I'll share something with you. Yeah. We recently had a senior management retreat um, about a month ago. It was great. And all of us had um, a homework assignment to read a book and it was called okay. Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. It's a really good oh, book. Oh, she's great. Yeah. She is great. Yeah. And and you can also um, purchase the audio book. Um, okay. She has a nice voice and listen to it that way. Um, and in the book, um, leaders and employees needed to select their values, you know, pick your okay. two values. And we spent a couple of hours going around the room with about 30 people and we allowed everybody to talk for a little bit and explain what their two values were. And it was very eye-opening to me, um, mm. especially being a new employee. I got to know my peers much better. I got to understand what their priorities in their life are and what their values are. And I think I can communicate better and um, work with them in a better way, understanding their values. I'll share with you the two values that I chose. I was going to ask, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first one is making a difference, and okay. the second one is collaboration. And and I have to admit to you, it was hard to narrow down. I wanted to choose 10 values. And so, you know, again, one of the reasons I accepted this position and I thought I could um, make a difference here at mm -hmm. Lawrence Livermore is to try to make our employees' well-being and our employees' um, experience on a day-to-day -day basis better, smoother. Mm -hmm better, tell them that we care about them, make sure that their enjoyment at the work at the workplace is better and safer and they feel more secure. Um, my second value was collaboration. Mm -hmm. So just as you talked about listening, it really is um, the diversity and the inclusiveness of getting opinions from multiple people, right? It's okay. not all the leaders that have to implement a new travel policy or something like that. Right. We need to hear from travelers. We need to hear from the travel department, right? They have a really hard job having to process 9,000 employees. Wow. You have to make sure you have all those different opinions. We have a lot of folks that go on foreign travel here for okay. symposium, for emergency response, for scientific experiments that we have in partnerships that we have in Europe. Um, and, you know, we want to make their process to travel as easy and smooth and safe as possible. So just collaborating with multiple opinions and folks with multiple backgrounds um, is also, you know, one of the best parts of my job. If you could give um, one piece of advice to somebody who is a new leader in a new leadership position, what would you what would you say? Uh, so this is the advice that's given to me quite often. You got to listen. You got to slow down. Mm. You got to pace yourself. Um, I have a hard time pacing myself. I'm usually always on the go. I think, you know, think of the long game uh, for your career. Right. Don't think of the short game. Um, I always like to, uh, when I mentor people, let them know that it's really not a game of checkers. It's a game of chess. Sure. And you should think three moves ahead, five moves ahead, six moves ahead. You might know what the the solution to a problem is, 
but think of the long-term solution uh, when you're working on problems, when you're working on scientific endeavors, when you're working on new processes and ways of doing business. I think the one thing that I would add is, you know, Texas A&M University is a very prestigious university. We have a lot of grads from Texas A&M here oh, at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, and we have a wonderful partnership with TEKS in our high explosives program. Um, and I just like to say, you know, the lab is always hiring. So we love those graduate students and we love uh, employees that might be interested in working okay. uh, in the Bay Area or relocating to the Bay Area. Well, thank you so much for your time and your uh, your information. That's great. I appreciate you being here with us. Thank you, Craig. Thank you so right. much for inviting me. Thank you for listening to Response Leadership, brought to you by the Texas Engineering Extension Service. New episodes will be released on the fourth Tuesday of each month. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, or visit us at teeks.org slash podcasts.